our message for the night. Um, I want to welcome you to the second week of our Road to Recovery series. So we started this series last week, and Megan um, introduced the series, and she talked to us about the fact that we all need recovery, that we all have a hurt, a hang-up, or a habit. And she let us know that throughout this series, um, we will have a strong desire inside of us to look to our left and look to our right, but not inside of ourselves. Meaning, when you hear the things that someone up here might say, you might be like, oh gosh, I sure wish my wife or my husband was here. Or it'd be really great if my mom heard this information. Or things would be really different if my sister or my brother actually took this to heart. But we're going to ignore that tendency to think about somebody else in our life. And we're going to focus on ourselves. Because recovery is for every single person. The thing is, culture would want us to believe that it's not. Culture wants us to believe that recovery is only for addicts, or recovery is for those people over there. But I've got my stuff together, so recovery is certainly not for me. But that's simply not true. We are all in need of recovery. So throughout this series, we're going to be asking ourselves, what is my hurt? What is my hang-up? What is my habit that God is calling me to look at? This is an invitation. It's a choice for us. If this freedom that comes from healing and recovery is something that we want, then it's up to us to walk this road. Because recovery doesn't happen just by chance or over time. Recovery happens because of a choice. And here's the thing, your spouse can't make that choice for you. Your child cannot make that choice for you. Your best friend can't decide for you. I certainly cannot and will not make that choice for you, just like you would not be able to make the choice for me. So if recovery doesn't happen by chance, you are going to have to choose to commit. You're going to have to make the choice to commit to the process. So then the question comes, what keeps us from committing? Why do we not commit to healing and recovery? over this hurt or this habit or this hang-up that we've been struggling with. It's interesting because, as Megan talked about last week, the Apostle Paul said this in Romans 7.15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And in another translation, it says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. 
Every single part of me can know what is good for me. Like I can know I shouldn't eat the second cookie, right? Or I shouldn't stay up two hours later scrolling on my phone. Or I shouldn't just keep avoiding making the appointment for a mammogram or a physical. Or maybe I shouldn't spend that extra hour watching television instead of working on a project that's due? Or what about maybe it's time I make that appointment for marriage counseling instead of avoiding it? Or maybe I should go on a walk instead of sitting on the couch. So why not commit? I mean, the truth is we commit all the time. We consciously commit to things every single day. We commit to the things that we think are valuable. That's what we commit to. We are happily, happy to consciously commit to, I don't know, your favorite TV show, CrossFit, video games, Wordle, shopping. I mean, fill in the blank on what you love to do, right? You'll commit to that all day long. But we have a hard time committing to the thing that is hurting us and hurting the ones we love. You know, Dave wasn't going to marry me. You guys, shocking, right? What was he thinking? Babe, what were you thinking? He, he was not going to marry me because he had debt. He had debt. And he was like, I can't bring that into a marriage with you. And I was like, babe, it's going to take you forever to get out of debt. And he's like, well, I don't feel comfortable bringing that into a marriage because that's my stuff that I need to deal with. And it was actually, it was actually um, the pastor of the church we were attending at the time, and he's like, you know that whole two becoming one? Like, you guys are going to be able to dig into that faster and get through it quicker together than you're going to be able to do on your own, Dave. And so the thing was, I was debt-free when we got married, and Dave had debt, but I had not been debt-free for long. I had spent my whole young adult years with debt. Debt that would keep me up at night. Debt that would make me sick to my stomach. Debt that would cause me to sweat bullets because I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's how Dave was when we got married. And we decided to consciously commit to this hurt that was causing both of us at this point to stay up at night with, with worry. So I have a sneak peek into what keeps us from consciously committing because all six of these things kept us from committing at that point. Pride. Some people are like, oh, pride? You think pride? And it says in, in Proverbs 18, 12, arrogant people 
are on the way to ruin. Arrogant people are on the way to ruin. And I think it's pride. It's like part of the reason we don't even share our hurts, hangups, or habits with each other across from the table is we're so prideful that we don't want to admit, right, that we have debt. We don't want to admit that we are struggling with staying off the television. We don't want to admit that video games are the thing that we fall asleep to at night. We don't want to admit that we overeat every time we get stressed out. We want to talk about the good things that we do. We don't want to talk about the hurts and the struggles that we have. And that, my friends, is pride. Worry. Worry. What if, what if we can't get out of debt? What if what we're trying doesn't actually work? What if I lose my job and then I get further behind? What if, what if, what if? Guilt. I'm so awful. If I hadn't bought that TV or that car or that whatever, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in. So then I just shame myself into a further cycle because I feel so guilty about the situation I find myself in. I overate again last night, ate the whole thing of Oreos. I'm never going to get this right. Hurt. Hurt for probably the root of why I started this habit to begin with. I screamed at my wife again. But she hurt me. I'm hurt. Doubt. Is this really going to happen? Will I truly be able to change? Will I miss this thing too much? Who am I if I don't do this? Who am I without it? What will I do with that time? Or how about this doubt? Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not really a hurt. Maybe it's not really a habit. Maybe it's not even hurting me or anybody that I love. I probably got that wrong. This isn't even a thing. These are part of the reasons we can't commit. We struggle with committing. In, in Psalms 40.12, it says, Problems far too big for me to solve are piled higher than my head. Meanwhile, my sins, too many to count, have caught up with me. And I am ashamed to look up. You know, the enemy wants to hide from our eyes the consequences of our habits and our hurts. He doesn't want us to even see what the consequences of what we choose to do are. The truth is, like, we can't imagine what 10 years down the road can look like from not taking care of our hurt, our habit, or our hang-up. We can't begin to imagine. I can't imagine if Dave and I, the difference of our life, if we had not chosen to commit to getting that healed and taken care of. But on the flip side of that, 
we can't begin to imagine what 10 years down the road can look like walking in life abundant with our Savior working through the healing that he longs to do inside of us when we consciously commit to that process. But, you know, it's been 18 years for Dave and I since we committed to that. And we can see God's glory in the healing that he brought to us through choosing to commit to that process. But the thing is, we couldn't get out of debt without Jesus. And you might go, why, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not. We tried everything but for years. And both of us just swirled further into the black hole. Because we try and do things in our flesh, in the world's way, and you just find yourself in a stickier situation every single time. The same way we got out of debt, we also committed our marriage to marriage counseling and to prayer. We could have tried to do things the world's way. I tell you what, God gets glory for all those things in our lives. Jesus has to be at the center because that's true freedom. That is life abundant. Jesus is always, always asking if we want to join him in this work, if we want to get free, if we want to have freedom. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Look, this is Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. You know, Jesus is walking with us and knocking on the door of our hearts. And he's encouraging us to choose the process. And God is responsible for part of this, but the other part, it's on us. It's on us. Remember, I told you recovery just doesn't happen by chance. You have to be engaged in the process. And I will tell you, I'm not standing up here as someone going, I'm recovered in all areas of my life. Because there's always, as my husband says, there's always more growing to do, right? My name is Crystal, and I will tell you right now, I am a grateful believer who struggles with phone addiction. And I say that with all sincerity. I'm not using the word addiction lightly. This thing has a hold of me. I can tell you that right now. Oh, Crystal, it's used for so many good things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. But it has a hold on me. And so that is the hurt, the hang-up, and the habit that I am committing to the Lord to do a work in me this year. I, he has been asking me, you guys. He's been knocking on the door of my heart for four years. And do you know what I've done? I put one toe in and taken one toe out. I put one foot in, I've taken one foot out. I've been 100% doing it without him, 
trying to do it in my own strength and not taking it seriously. I'll get off social media for a month, but then I'll scroll other things instead. It is a habit that has eaten up way too much of my life and way too much of my time. And so for me, that is the thing that I am going to focus this time on. And it's not going to happen overnight. I know that. So accountability, a huge piece for me. And I'll tell you right now, I've told every close person in my life, I am off all social media um, till Easter. And then we'll see where it goes from there. I'll probably like it so much I'll never get back on, honestly. But we'll see where it goes from there. In Philippians 1.6, it says, God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his love is finally finished. I love this. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Philippians, the letter, he says in writing this, you know, he has seen the Philippian church in action and he believes them to be the real deal, you guys. He's like, I love what I see in this group of believers. And I'm here to tell you guys, you are the real deal. You are the real deal. I want you to understand that. And this is the good news. It is not by your own strength and willpower that you will be able to run this race till the end. It is not by my own strength and willpower. But by the will and goodness of God, period. It's by the will and goodness of God. Paul is confident because he trusts in God. And we get to be confident because we put our trust in God. Not in ourselves, not in our own strength, but in God. Who begun the good, has begun the good work in you and has promised to finish it. God started this and he will finish it. God has called you and he has given you his spirit as a deposit. If we are saved, then we are saved to grow. You guys, God doesn't save anyone and then not turn them into the likeness of his son in one way or another. That's what he's doing. That's what he wants to do. So how do we take this step? The first thing we do is we accept God's Son as our Savior. In Acts 16.31 it says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. That's the first thing. And then, then we accept God's word as our standard for living. That's, that's our standard. And then we accept God's will as our strategy and our goal in life. You know, um, we were talking about New Year's resolutions and my husband's like, I don't, I don't believe in resolutions and, and whether you do or not, that's, that's okay, but... But what we do believe in is God's will for our life as our strategy and our goal. I want to walk in God's will for my life. And part of that, you guys, 
is having freedom and life abundant. I'm, aren't you glad that that's God's will for your life? That he wants you to be free? And then we accept God's power as our strength. In Romans 8, 8 through 11, it says this, That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You, are you ready for this? Are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What? We've got all the power we need. But we have to lean into it. We have to acknowledge it. Recovery doesn't happen by chance. You choose to commit. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand if you are consciously committed to the road to recovery in your life. If you are not going to commit today, if you didn't last week, that's fine. It, it is. There is room and space for that. But I do want to ask you to ask yourself, is what you're doing right now in your life working? I, as I said at the beginning, have spent so much time, years of my life, honestly, not fully committing to recovery in so many areas of my life. Just trying to do it in my own strength, my own way, the world's way. Just trying and trying. Wasting years of struggle. Trying this, trying that. I can testify to you that the thing that works is when Jesus is knocking, I answer the door, and then when he holds his hand and says, you want to come on this road with me, that's what works. We're going to have so many opportunities for you throughout this coming year. We have Celebrate Recovery that is starting February 1st that will be every Wednesday here from 6.45 to 8.45. And again, <laughs> this is for everybody. It's for any person that has a hurt, a hang-up, or a habit. There's a reason why the most intimate places in churches are Celebrate Recovery Groups, AA Groups, any group like that. Do you know why? Because you sit across from a table and you get raw and vulnerable with the people across from you. 
That's where true freedom comes from, is being honest all the way deep down inside. We have a wellness center at this campus and at the Uinta campus, and there's going to be a wellness um, time in February, um, a three-day a three-day commitment. We have counselors that we can refer to people. And maybe you have a trusted friend. That can be a really great place to start as well. So I ask you, what area of your life do you sense Jesus knocking on the door of your heart? And can I ask you to stand if you are committed to the road to recovery this year? I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward, and they're going to come up and start our worship for us. And while they come up and get ready, I would love to pray for everybody. Father God, we just come before you, Lord. So grateful that you never ask us to do anything alone. So grateful that your heart is not to leave us as we are, but to mold us and shape us into the likeness of your son, to give us freedom and to give us life abundant. Lord, I thank you for the patience that you've had in my life for your compassion and your mercy, how you're never condemning, but you are convicting, and that's okay. That is true love, that is love and truth. And so God, I pray for all those that are making a choice to commit. And I pray for all those that are in process, Lord, that that we are all where you would have us be right now, God. I pray that you would give us strength. I pray that you would continue to order our steps, whatever direction that may be, whether it's celebrate recovery or getting into some counseling or sitting down with a cup of coffee with a friend, whatever it is, God. Lord, I know I need your strength every day. It sounds so goofy that a little tiny thing like a phone could have so much power over a person. But I'm well aware of what it can do to our attention spans, to our time with you, the distraction it can be. And I know that's so many of our hurts. They take us further and further from you instead of bringing us closer to walking in your will. So Lord, we're excited for what you're gonna do through this season, through this prayer and fasting, through this new year of 2023. I know your plans are good for us. And your plans, we say yes and amen. We love you, Jesus. Amen. We're gonna have some prayer teams in the back um, during this time of worship. Um, prayer can be for anything, you guys, anything at all. 